Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Tremendous growth for Justin. I told you, like I've said when I was there, like he's one of the, the best human beings I've ever got to work with. It's just the, the mentality that he brought every day, the consistent approach, the kind of man that he is. Just really, it was a blessing to work with him. And, you know, he was someone that just came to work every day to get better and better, and I think he'll continue to do so. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Just like that, Luke Getzey fired. Luke Getzey hired by the Raiders. And there he is talking about Justin Fields and that he's a great guy and, and all of that. So it's, it is interesting how quickly – Things happen in the NFL and how fast somebody like Luke Getze can get another job running an offense, and that's exactly what he's doing. I am Mark Grody in for Bernstein and Holmes today. I get to be with you until 2 o'clock today. A lot of football talk, which we're going to keep going here in just a second with Herb Howard. We will have baseball talk today as well, especially at noon and 1 o'clock in studio at noon we will find Josh Nelson of the Sox Machine, so we'll get in, in depth on the Sox. We will do the same at 1 p.m. with the Cubs and Tony Andraki of the Marquee Sports Network. But, yeah, we are very focused on the Bears here today. And joining us now on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline is Herb Howard, Bears beat reporter for It's the Bigs. Download the Circa Sports app today been a while, Herb. What's going on, man? Grody, what's happening, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling really well. You know, I want to actually, now that uh, Tyler Buterbaugh just played the the Luke Getze coming in, he's got yeah. my, my brain sparked a little bit about him. Are you surprised that he got a job as quickly as he did? No, I'm not really surprised. I feel like in the NFL, you see a lot of guys you know, kind of get recycled through the league and they get opportunities after opportunities. And I think should probably focus a little bit more on it's not it's not about Luke Gessie, um per se, but I think they should probably focus more on giving guys other guys a new uh, first opportunity before we kind of recycle through all these guys, giving them more opportunities. That being said, I wasn't as down on Luke Gessie in the first place, so I'm not very surprised he got a new job so quickly. What do you think brought him down? Like, because obviously he's being asked to comment on Justin Fields. Was it just a bad chemistry yeah. between offensive coordinator and quarterback? Or was it more general, he just doesn't call plays well consistently throughout a game? 
Yeah, I think for me it was mostly about his inability to adjust mid-game, right? Adjust to what the defensive coordinators are doing to him. You know, as the game goes along, second half, fourth quarter, those types of situations. I thought he was able to pretty much script a pretty good game plan. His first 15 were usually pretty good, pretty productive. But as the game went along, the offense would just become stagnant. He didn't find answers to what the defense was doing to him. So I think that would be certainly the next step in his growth. But I think that his, his history and the offenses that he's been around, the players that he's been around, I think that's what remains attractive to other teams around the league. Okay, Herb, we're gonna. I, I'm gonna ask you more about Justin Fields and quarterbacks, but I'm, we're doing a very early. Some would even say premature drill here on the radio because there's been no free agency yet. There, yeah. obviously, we, the the draft hasn't occurred yet. But based on what the Bears did last year with the seven and ten season, what should fans? Or what what do you expect in terms of how much the Bears, with all that they have and what they did last year and taking the division into account, what should one expect in terms of how many games improved the Bears should be next year? Yeah, for me, I think the floor for the Bears should be absolutely getting to the playoffs, right? Okay. I don't think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender right now, but I think getting to the playoffs should be the floor. And they should be trying to, you know, win again, get to the division around or whatever it may be. But you talk about a team that legitimately should have won 10 games this year. I mean, it, it took a lot for them to lose those three games they gave back. And so even if you, st- you take two of those, right, you should be at nine wins. And I think coming into another offseason where you got a lot of draft capital, you got a lot of um, salary cap space. And so they should be able to fill the holes that they have left in this roster. I remember asking Ryan Pose before last season how what percentage of the holes he thought he had filled on the roster. And he told me 75%, 80% going into the 23 season. Yeah. Um, I think that you know, coming into this season, he should be able to fill the remaining 20, 25% of the holes that they have in terms of starters, at least. And so, uh, for me, you know, getting back to that 10 wins, that should be the absolute floor for the Bears. They should be trying to get their eyes around 11 or 12. Yeah, all right. So, how do you do it? I mean, let's 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 go there because I don't know. Where, are you team just to keep Justin Fields or are you team draft a quarterback? Grody, absolutely, I'm saying Justin Fields. That's what I thought. Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't think that. Um, I don't think that he's been he's been their problem, right? I think that certainly the offense has been stagnant. But I don't look. At, I don't walk away from any of these Bears losses and say, "Oh man, if they just had a better quarterback, they would have won that game." I don't. I don't view him as the problem. They certainly have some, but I think going into this offseason, I think they should, they need to figure out who's going to play center. They need a legitimate NFL center. Um, they've been trying to use backups or use you know versatile interior guys to be able to do it. They need a straight-up starting center in the National Football League, whether they do that via free agency or draft down to college. they got to get that position figured out. They need more talent on the outside. Um, they have a kid up in Columbus that's available for them if they want to go that route. Um, and then they need a three-tech, an edge rusher, and now they need a free safety. So those are the five things I think they need to look at. If they can secure um, upgrades at those positions, and they should be pretty much ready to be um, contenders in their division and, and get into the playoffs. So you really think that, Justin Fields's issue has not been Justin Fields that it's been the the building around him and apparently pretty poorly I guess yeah I would say more so I'm not absolving him of, of, of any responsibility his, his signature is certainly on it as well he needs to improve a certain aspect of his game but I look at his skill set and it's very unique there isn't a throw on the field that he can't make we know what he can do in terms of his legs and his athleticism we hear about the leader that he is we see him in the locker room so I think that he has everything that you need to be successful in the National Football League. He's been put in a terrible position the first three years 
um, as the Bears quarterback. That being said, if you can fix those things around him, you should be able to get the best version of him. And I feel like the best version of him is a quarterback that you can not only win with, but win because of. <laughs> what about his part in it and the question? I know you've been asked this question before. You had to have. Sure. The, the idea that two things, that Justin Fields needs to have stars at wide receivers to in order to succeed, and why isn't he making other players better? Yeah, because if your name isn't Patrick Mahomes, you need stars at wide receiver to succeed in the National Football League. That's true <laughs> of any quarterback in the NFL. You look at the the, the the talent that surrounded Brock Purdy out in San Francisco. I mean, that's ideally what you would want for any quarterback to just get the ball out of your hand, get it to your playmakers. And so I don't know of any quarterback that's succeeding at a high level in this league that doesn't have elite play uh, outside of wide receiver. And I'm talking about more than one guy. And so if you're able to bring in a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. and pair him with DJ Moore, you still got Colton Mack. Excuse me, Grody. I'm sorry if I blew under the weather, but um, if you can pair them together, now you got a real arsenal of weapons that Justin can utilize, and you mix that in with still his ability to run, the Bears' running game in general, and now you're talking about a pretty formidable offense. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I, I was saying this the other day that you know, I, you know, I, I'm thinking Caleb Williams, that's, that's the direction I would go. But no matter what, no matter what the number two is, whether it's you know not Caleb Williams or trading down, it's going to be thrilling to see what they do this year and what they set themselves up with next year. Is yeah. the, have you are you of the the ilk that thinks that Caleb Williams is overrated and maybe not's going not going to be as great in the NFL, or is it just the Justin Fields thing with you? Yeah, no, I don't have anything against Caleb Williams. I think he's a very, very intriguing prospect. I think that um, he, I hope he, I hope he reaches his full potential. I just don't think that's the Bears' problem, right? And so, even this idea of this generational talent, I've only thought that, you know, in terms of can't miss quarterback prospects, I only thought that three times, and that was about Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and Deshaun Watson, right? But even if you get that, the Colts hit that twice, right? They got Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning <laughs> for twenty years that led them one Super Bowl. So these things don't. There's no exact science to this thing. Everybody's like, Caleb Williams is the next Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's interesting because nobody thought that Patrick Mahomes was the first Patrick Mahomes. And so <laughs> this idea that now we know who the next one is is kind of crazy to me. But, <laughs> you know, I, it's not, I'm not, I'm not anti-Caleb Williams at all. I hope that kid reaches his full potential and goes on to be the very best version of himself. I just don't think that's the Bears' fastest road to the Super Bowl. I think the fastest road to the Super Bowl would be to fix the actual holes on their roster. And I just don't view quarterback as being one of their holes in terms of um, something that stops them from events to the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, that, that's a really good point. I mean, we, we have, for the, even before Patrick Mahomes won this Super Bowl, we were already saying, oh, he could he can end up being the GOAT someday. This is, yeah. this is and then they were like, oh, the guy that hasn't played in the NFL yet, he's yeah. kind of like the guy we think could be the greatest of all time in the National Football League. Yeah, it's like you're putting him on Mount Rushmore right now, right? That's where Patrick Mahomes is. He's on that Mount Rushmore of all-time quarterbacks in the National Football League. So this idea that this kid come out of college, he's definitely going to be the next one. It's kind of crazy. And again, I don't, I'm not rooting against Caleb Williams. I hope he reaches his full potential, whatever that may be. But to assume that anybody knows that, or to assume that he's going to come here, put this, you know, quarterback star franchise on his back, and become the guy that takes them to multiple Super Bowls, like we can, we can win three in five years. 
who wins three and five years? Like, I know you just saw that with the Chiefs. And I know we saw Tom Brady's run. The Cowboys had a run in the 90s. But other than that, you got to go back a long ways to find teams winning like that. So, this is, I just, I think that is more of, um, I think that's more of a gamble than to just say, I know what Justin Fields can do. I know what he's good at. Let's build things around him, get him more weapons and more pieces, and then let's just go. Because I, it's just it's just such an inexact science when you talk about taking these quarterbacks out of college. All right, let's build around Fields because obviously you mentioned it. They need they need a center, so they're gonna they're gonna figure that out. Probably another offensive lineman somewhere on that, uh, whether for depth or, you know, somebody can be a surprise starter on that line. So I don't rule out that possibility. Let's go to uh, let's go to wide receiver, though. We, you mentioned, you know, in your plan of keeping Justin Fields, it obviously would not be inconceivable that the Bears would have a shot at Marvin Harrison Jr., depending on where they land, or Malik Neighbors, or Roma Dunze. So somewhere I think the Bears are going to draft a wide receiver. How else do they beef it up other than the draft? Do you think there's a possibility the Bears will make a big play with their money and free agency on the offensive side of the ball at wide receiver? I would be surprised to see it done at wide receiver simply because this draft is so rich with wide receiver talent, and that's the cheaper, you know, option to go. So I would, if, if I were the Bears, I would look at you know any position I'm talking about that I have a need for. I look at it and say, okay, how can I feel this? Do I feel this via free agency or do I feel this via draft? If I look at the draft and say, okay, here's a position that's got a lot of talent coming out of there, but I'll rather fill it through the draft. If you don't feel like there's a lot of talent coming out of the draft in that position, then you got to go and spend some money on proven veteran players. So I just don't view receiver as that position this year. There are some, there are some talented wide receivers available, some proven guys. I mean, you're talking about Mike Evans. Um, but I think that the, this young group of, of receivers that are coming out are good enough to say, hey, these guys should come in and help right away, and they can do so on a rookie deal. And so if I got an opportunity with the number one pick or I move down to two or three, if I got the opportunity to pitch Marvin Harrison Jr., who I do think is one of those generational talents that we keep speaking about, um, I would rather go that route as opposed to paying an aging veteran that's on at least the back half of their career. Talking to Herb Howard of uh, It's the Bigs for just a couple more minutes. What do you think about Eddie Jackson and Cody Whitehair being released? Yeah, not surprising. Um, certainly hate to see it. Especially when we talk about Eddie Jackson, he's been a guy that since he's gotten here, he's been you know kind of one of those fan favorites, guy that makes big electrified plays on the defensive side of the ball. Certainly has his struggles tackling in the open open field, and a lot of people have been you know very critical of that, and rightfully so at times. But it's still hard to see him go. He's a leader on the back end. I think he, I do think he still has some good football left in him. Uh, we'll see where he lands and what happens with that. But it wasn't surprising looking at the salary cap uh, hit that he would that he would bring this season. Uh, I don't think it was a big shock to anybody that, that they decided to go in a different direction. And Cody White here, I think the, the writing's been on the wall with that. Going back to you know some point last season, as he came in and struggled in the injuries, and you know as you saw where he kind of ends up in terms of the depth chart on the offensive line, I don't think it was a surprise that Cody White here wasn't going to return. But you know, major salute to both of those guys for the time they put in for the Chicago Bears. Two guys that were leaders of this team, answered the bell, and uh perform at a pretty high level for the Bears. So not surprising, but, you know, it's not, not fun to see those guys go. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and Cody White here, you're losing some depth on the, the offensive line. And you know, I was just thinking about this while we were talking about both of those guys and specifically Cody White here. We all know they need a center. 
that's obvious. But do you think other than that, the offensive line is set and the starters, you know, Nate Davis, Tevin Jenkins uh, as your guards and no problem with Braxton Jones at left tackle and Darnell right at uh, right tackle. Are they, are they Are they a center away from having the offensive line that they think is going to lead them into a, you know, a winning team here? Yeah, I think they certainly could be. I think they, I think the Bears still like Braxton Jones. I think they like where he's at in his development coming from being a fifth round rookie out of, out of Southern Utah. And I think having two years of experience continuing to improve on his technique and his strength and his body, I think they still like what Braxton Jones brings to this offense in terms of his size, his length, his athleticism. So, I mean, could they upgrade left tackle? There's a couple of very intriguing prospects at the top of the draft. If they, if they want to go that route, I don't think anybody would argue with them. But I think they're they're fine right there. And so I think uh, just getting a legitimate center may be the answer to the, you know, the, the last answer they need on the offensive line. You talk about Nate Davis and his ups and downs last year, but they paid him. So he's going to be there. Um, he's going to be there. Tevin Jenkins, when he's healthy, and I know that's always a big if in terms of his health, but when he's healthy, I thought he was their best offensive lineman last year. So I think you continue to plug and play him at left guard or maybe you switch over to the right side, whatever. Obviously, you know what you like in Darnell Wright, but I think just the center – uh, would be what they absolutely need if they choose to try and upgrade left tackle um, at the top of the draft. Then, you know, that's something they could explore in, the, in that top 10. But other than that, I think they'll probably be okay if they get a center. That'd, that'd be very interesting if they did draft the tackle. I mean, you know, I've been talking to some of the real experts that cover the draft, and we're going to talk to one a little bit in Eric Edholm, and there are a, a flurry uh, of really good tackles in the draft. So we shall see. Herb, man, yeah. I hope you feel better, dude. Thanks for – for coming on with us despite being sick. I'm sorry that you're feeling uh, a little bit under the weather, man. Oh, it's all good, man. It's just that, that weird time in Chicago when the weather's changing and kind of outside and the hoodie or whatnot, we end up with a little bit of a cold. But we push you through, man. It's always a pleasure to chop it up with you, brother. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, man. That is uh, Herb Howard, Bears beat reporter for It's the Bigs, at Herb Howard 411 if you'd like to follow him on, on X. And I would suggest that you do. He's got a lot of terrific information a lot of great takes and as you just heard right now on the radio a lot of really good insight that is an interesting way to look at it the offensive line are are they really about to be a finished product the bears offensive line if they get the center and you know that's not an easy position to field as we have seen over the last several years it's been a struggle at the center spot with Lucas Patrick and Cody Whitehair taking a stab at it, sometimes good this year, not so good. So from left to right, the offensive line that is going to get you winning and eventually winning playoff games is Braxton Jones, Nate Davis, center, fill in the blank. Let's just use Doug Kramer for now, who has 10 bears on the bear scale. We'll just use Doug Kramer at center now, the Illini guy. Um, Tevin Jenkins, I'm sorry. Tevin Jenkins, left guard. And uh, Nate Davis, right guard. And then Darnell Wright at the right tackle. Does that sound good to you? Does it sound about right? When I hear that, I'm like, I think so. I think so. But, you know, you want to see, you definitely want to see Darnell Wright take the next step, which appear based on his last year, it appears that he's poised to do it. I was, I was impressed with Darnell Wright. I thought he was worthy of where he was picked. It's always easy to look side-eyed at Braxton Jones because we just naturally do that for guys that were drafted lower and somehow you're still trying to figure out how Braxton Jones did what he did. And he just had a down year last year with injuries being a big part of it. So 
But so that's where I am. I'm kind of like, ah, I think so. But that center, that's going to be a big, big part of it for sure. I think Roland will come back for uh, to become the center. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he's got to be thinking about it or just be really loud about it. Or maybe just get out there and maybe like he needs to, maybe they need his eye out there. I think that's what it is. Matt Lee, center slash guard for Miami. So I have the Bears taking him in the fourth round in my, my Bears mock. But. Yeah, I'd like to see all that stuff getting get taken care of. A couple things to look forward to on the show here today. Tom Ricketts just speaking, and we're going to hear some of that a little bit later on. Tom Ricketts did his annual address to the team, subsequently spoke to reporters. So we're going to get into some of that here in just a little bit. You know the Bears talk will continue here on The Score and the NFL talk in about uh, 20 minutes with Eric Edholm, who covers the draft, so we can get specific on players, ask him about the offensive linemen and all sorts of different questions. So that's coming up in just a little bit. When we return, I wanted to carve out a little bit of time to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend, that being the, the game. Watched all the game last night. I watched all of the the NBA Saturday night skills competition, the three-point contest, the dunk contest, and I will give you my full takeaways from the NBA All-Star Weekend and maybe sneak in a little bit of Bulls talk. And maybe even, I see a couple of you waiting right now, we'll get to a couple more of your calls to it. 312-644-6767. It's Mark Grody filling in for Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. And to the Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points. Well, congratulations. Giannis, to your team, this trophy is yours. A flurry of records last night and offense in the NBA All-Star game. Adam Silver right there handing out the the MVP trophy to the uh well giving out the trophy to the Eastern Conference which beat the Western Conference last night 
211 to 186. I've got some things that I'd like to say about the NBA All-Star game from yesterday and the whole weekend's worth of festivities because I watched it all. But like with all things in life right now, first, Bears. Let's go to Paul in Michigan. Hello, Paul. You're on the score. Hey, how you doing, man? Good, man. How you doing? Doing good. I'm trying to get you off speaker here if I can. Okay, Paul. And then we'll be able to no, take your hear each other better. Yep. 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 I'm good now. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I was listening to you guys talk, you know, bears and fields and all that. And we're all just kind of, you know, I think we've all said our piece probably multiple times, but I've seen that Clay Harbor stuff that just came out and I was already aware of it and I was already talking about it. What's Clay Harbor got? I mean, he's talking about, he went over the tape and the actual stats and like Darnell Mooney's drop rate was like 49%. Okay. I mean, you 49%. replace him with a, mm. yeah, crazy stuff. Uh, you're, you you're do not have a good year. No, you're right. No, I, I look, I'm not making the case for Mooney this year. He had a rough year. Tyler Scott yeah. had some drops as well. There's no doubt. Yeah. I mean, no, well, I mean, Clay Harbor put it out there. Uh, he had the, the stats on all the receivers. Your producer is actually aware of that uh, from when, when he talked to me. But, oh, uh, really? He didn't I mean, tell you, me. you, re, you, re, you know, right? <laughs> well, you replace Mooney with, you know, uh, a doomsday or, okay. you know, these guys, these, guys, these guys are big, fast, have great hands, and catch with their hands, not their body. I mean, I saw one play on the sideline where literally the ball went between Fields' hand, or, uh, Mooney's hands and hit him in his chest, and it was a game-changing play. Oh, First down ends the game. Well, I remember Tyler you know. Scott dropping a ball in literally in the oh, back yeah. of the end zone. So um, yeah, for sure, that was pretty. Bad. But I mean, I will say this, yeah, man. I, mean, I will say good. this. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I like Roma Dunze too. I really love Malik Neighbors, and I know like Marvin Harrison Jr. is the guy, but I'd fight for Malik Neighbors too. Like I would, uh, I'd move up to get that guy too if that if that came into position. So I don't I don't know enough about him, character wise. I know Adunze and Harrison are are off the charts on the character line. Yeah, I haven't heard anything you know, good or bad, quite frankly. So that's you know. Yeah, so the Neighbors good. one, I, I'm not. He looks like a beast too. I mean, he looks like he's just a freaking freaking nature. Yeah, I mean, all you these know. guys. Yeah, this it is. You're, and it's a great call. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it, man. Um, it's a it is. It's a really good crop of wide receivers. I tend to think though that, or I would like them to draft a receiver of consequence. I'd also like them to try to sign somebody. And I understand it's going to be tough to maybe get that high value, like if T. Higgins is available, I mean, that'd be tough. But, God, that would be sweet. And we just, we all just saw it in D.J. Moore, seeing that work, that model. You you want the young guy, you want to draft the next star, but that is a surefire model with getting a real receiver. We saw it worked like magic this year with DJ Moore and Justin Fields. That was a huge thing for Justin Fields in his favor this year. A big name that just came out is that uh, it sounds like Mike Evans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not agreeing on a contract. So that could be an interesting target. Number two on my little list. And then Michael Pittman, I think, is or could be available. (laughs) Saw the name Calvin Ridley out there. Just got to stay out of trouble, you know. Was it gambling with him, wasn't it? Yeah, it was gambling, gambling it was sports betting. Essentially, got suspended for a whole year. 
And then I heard that if the Jags do keep him this sec- his next year, they have they owe Atlanta a second round pick. Okay, as long as it's not Riley Ridley, Riley Ridley, former Bear, former Bears fourth round pick, the brother reject. Yeah, yeah, I guess it sucked though. I really had hope for good things for Riley Ridley. I would, I'd like to think I was championing him. I was like, what about Riley Ridley? And it just, unfortunately, it just did not work. We'll do more Bears here, just a little bit, as a matter of fact. We're just a few minutes away from Bingerian Eric Edholm from the NFL Network. Some stuff, though, from the, the All-Star game last night. Yes, a scoring festival. Those records I told you about, the, the, if you missed it, and I understand if you did, the East beat the West 211 to 186 last night. And we'll talk about some of the individual performances. But a, as I said, a flurry of records. The total points of 397 smashed the record of 374 set in 2017. While the East made 42 three-pointers to break the mark of 35 set by Team LeBron in 2019. The sides combined for 193 points in the first half to break the any half record of 191 set last year, and the East tied an any half record by scoring 104 by the intermission. Um, let's see. I know there was some other. Oh, yeah. Here, here's among the other records. The East tried 97 three-pointers. <laughs> the previous record was 90 by Team LeBron in 2019. The teams combined for 66 threes um, made and 168 threes attempted. Previous records were 62 and 167 in 2019. The teams combined for 163 field goals made and 289 attempted. Previous records were 162 in 2017, 286 in 2016. So, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of offense that was going down in the, in the game last night. I thought something happened that was a little bit untoward or wrong or like it broke a protocol or something in the game last night because Damian Lillard of the Milwaukee Bucks ended up being the MVP of the game. He had 39 points, well-deserved. I mean, the guy made a couple of half-court shots, and he was just golden. He was really good. But the game was in Indiana. Tyrese Halliburton is this revelation of a superstar for the Pacers. He had 32 in the game. At one point in time, hit like five fast threes and was putting on a show for the home folks in, against Indiana. Isn't that a little bit out of order for him to be accepting the MVP? Shouldn't he, Lillard, have taking his foot off the gas pedal a little bit for Halliburton last night. Isn't that the way it works? Like he's kind of a wink and it's sort of predecided who's going to get the MVP. Especially because he started off so hot and it's at his home court. Yes. He should have just kind of. That's the whole thing. It's the home court. Everybody's excited about Tyrese. Like there's a legit superstar on the rise in Indiana with, with uh, Larry Bird and Reggie Miller and Oscar Robertson all watching. Like you already got the three point contest. Let give them the MVP <laughs> to someone else. Yeah. And selfish. Again, he was really good. And we all love Damian Lillard. I get it. He's a very popular player. But I just I I don't know. Like, and they they interviewed him afterwards and he was booed. Yes. They were booing in Indiana 
when he was awarded the MVP. Lillard, zero guilt, though. None. None whatsoever. He had no problem with, with taking that trophy away. I think it's interesting, too, because it's two teams that are rivals in the same division in Indiana and Milwaukee that had these players going out. I don't know if anybody is talking about that or if that was a thing, but I just thought it was a little bit interesting that, you know, of all the things that we expect in these games and understand um, and let go because it's the NBA All-Star game, what about the wink and a nod MVP? It should have gone to Tyrese Halliburton and Damian Lillard just coasted in and took it away from him. We'll have more on the All-Star game a little bit later on, but we need to make room for our next guest. Eric Edholm of NFL.com is next. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year, so I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes. And I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's 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 try to make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes. Ain't even remotely close to that. It is unfair to Justin Fields. He has had new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. There's no possible way you can know about your guy when you do that. It's the worst thing that can happen to any player, especially a quarterback. Man. Merrill Hodge is in the corner of he is the corner for Justin Fields right now as he is out on I have not he's the only person that I have heard of consequence who is just completely out on Caleb Williams. I've heard plenty of people point out potential criticisms and downfalls whether on the field or off the field but I've not heard anything as, I'm going to say it, scathing as he's not even remotely close to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, man, what if Merrill Hodge is right? That would ruin a lot of things for a lot of people, I, I think. Welcome back into the Bernstein at Home Show. I am Mark Grody. I am here with you until 2 o'clock today, coming up in just a little bit. I think I see him over there in the in the studios. It is Josh Nelson. The Sox machine has arrived. He will join me in studio at noon so we can dissect and preview the Chicago White Sox. We'll do baseball at 1 o'clock with Tony Andraki from the, the Marquee Sports Network. So a bunch of baseball coming up. Tom Ricketts speaking today. We will play that for you. See what's on Tom's mind. I hear, I hear he's been talking about Cody Bellinger and David Ross and things like that that he has yet to address. So looking forward to hearing from Tom Ricketts. But we're talking football right now and Bears and specifically the draft with Eric Edholm of NFL.com. He joins us on the Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. 
Download the Circa Sports app today. You can find Eric Edholm and his writings on NFL.com, and he is on Twitter at Eric underscore Edholm. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? Good to hear your voice. Thank you. Same to you. How about the voice? I don't know. Did you just hear the voice of uh, of Merrill Hodge basically <laughs> saying that, that Patrick Mahomes is going to be a bust? Or excuse well, me, not Patrick know. Mahomes. I'm sorry, Caleb Williams. Yeah, I was going to say, that would be a stretch at this point. You'd have to really <laughs> tell me. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, though, as far as, you know, at this stage, somebody somebody coming out and saying, don't take Caleb Williams, you know, run away. I mean, that's almost what he's where he's at right now. And I'll say this. I, I respect people who are firm in their positions, who have, you know, done the work, and I've never – you know, look, I mean, Merrill Hodge has been wrong plenty. I've been wrong plenty. Uh, pl- plenty of people who, who follow the league and study it and analyze it and all that and report on it have been wrong as well. But I, I appreciate when people are willing to take those unpopular stances and, and kind of fly against the wind on these things and, and say, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but here's where I'm at. And so, yeah, I would say that I don't know that he's considered the once-in-a-generation prospect that mm-hmm. some were hyping him up to be. This isn't necessarily where Andrew Luck and um, Trevor Lawrence and you know some other players have been prior to the draft at this stage. But you know he's he's got a lot of supporters, and he does have some things that that are a bit of a concern. So yeah, I mean it. it I don't know that I'm willing to back up Merrill on what he said, but it's an interesting take do you have the bears taking caleb williams at number one haven't gotten that far yet okay. in the sense that i mean i think every you know you see all the mock drafts and everything and i do my best to avoid them as best as possible <laughs> for bias reasons yeah. if nothing else yeah. right I, I, I understand i try not to get too uh too bogged down in him before like mid-march but yeah i mean i think he's got to be considered the favorite but this weekend, I was I actually had a little downtime and was just sort of texting some people and saying, you know, what do you think? What, what, what do we think about these quarterbacks? And what do you think Chicago is going to do? And so I have been kind of mining the, the field, if you will, for, for different perspectives outside the organization, especially just to see what, what they're hearing, what their expectations are. You know, internally, they're not going to say very much at this point. I don't think you can count out Drake May. I don't know that Jaden Daniels is a candidate, but he might be. Um, I, you know, the the May thing would be interesting. Of course, there's a there's a history with North Carolina quarterbacks who wear number ten. Um, <laughs> yes, there I don't know is. If that, I don't know if that matters. What do you think about that? Is that is that? Let's say we find out that that Poles is a big. Drake May fan are, are Bears fans instantly going to go there and say I don't want this guy for that reason? I, oh, I, I think that there'll be people that would but I think it would demand immediate perspective on yeah. how much each of those guys played and them being different types of players and, and all Absolutely. of that but but yeah of course to answer your question and yeah it would feel a little bit creepy but it doesn't mean you don't do it just because he is from there but I, I totally understand what you're saying yeah, I mean, and, and that's, you know, it's the first place a lot of people will go, obviously, because it's an easy connection to make. But you're right, they are different quarterbacks. And, you know, I would say both Williams and May probably had, I shouldn't say it this way, but maybe slightly disappointing seasons or at least yeah. how things did, just based on how high we hype these guys up. I mean, it's a really good quarterback class. I mean, if you have six guys who 
at least are in the discussion to be first round picks. And, and if we include the, the three that I mentioned and JJ McCarthy obviously has some local ties and a lot of people have seen him in big 10 country. And um, you know, I mean, Bo Nix, I don't think I would make a first round pick with him, but, but I could see where somebody would, would, would see the skill set and experience and get excited. And Michael Penix is sort of a complicated guy, but obviously talented you know i mean there's there's so much to like with his arm and everything so how many years have we had six that at least potentially could go in round one it's a really really interesting quarterback class i get the feeling too didn't correct me if i'm wrong are you wrestling a little bit with your board in terms of who you think is the best quarterback in this draft or is it are you caleb I'm so last year about this time, if you'd asked me, I probably would have said Bryce Young was the best. And the, okay. and the more I went through the process, which is funny because, you know, there was that whole S2 test controversy with, uh, with CJ Stroud. He, you know, he didn't score very well reportedly and that, you know, caused yeah. them to back off and blah, blah, blah and everything. Look, I mean, I just, the more I thought about CJ Stroud, in the context of what he could be in the NFL, the more I liked him in, a, in my last top hundred board, I moved him ahead. He was my quarterback one. It was probably, probably the best decision I made last year, but I mean, I, I, good. I wouldn't rule out moving may ahead of Williams. Mm. I don't know that I could get there with Jalen Daniels, but I think Daniels could be the kind of guy who steps in year one and has, you know, I mean, I could see here Pettix having the best rookie season of that group, depending on where they land. Wouldn't shock me. You know, both of them have NFL-ready skills in, in at least one department, if not two. And, yeah, I mean, I I think right now I have May and Williams kind of on even footing or very close. And the further I dig and the more questions I ask and the more people I talk to, it wouldn't stun me if May ends up slightly ahead of Caleb, but they're both really, really talented kids who have a lot to lot going for them. If the Bears decide to, and that's that's interesting. I mean that that is that that you're allowing for that possibility. I think it's interesting, and you do. By the way, you do get credit for the Stroud stuff, so you're going to need to tell us eventually who the best quarterback is in this draft for the Bears' sake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I I wonder. Like where is where is polls and where is the Bears department on this right now? Like, do they have a favorite at this point? And do we have to assume it's Caleb? And how much over the next six eight weeks are going to change that? That's that's really the question. When do they officially make up their minds on this? And obviously, it has to sort of be. They have to like at least one of them a lot to make the decision on field first. And then you decide who the final choice is going to be a quarterback if that's the way they go. We're talking about offensive linemen earlier and a couple couple of things. The Bears obviously are in need of a center for their team. What are you looking at in terms of interior offensive linemen, you know, maybe center slash guard combo? that would be available, say, I mean, I don't think they're going to do anything with offensive line with number one or number nine, but maybe yeah. in the third or fourth rounds. Yeah, I think that the, there, there are a couple guys who I think could be in that second round range who, who would make a lot of sense. Graham Barton is a kid who played some left tackle at Duke, but also played some center early in his career. And, you know, I suspect he'll weigh in somewhere in the low 300s he had an injury that knocked him out of the senior bowl so we didn't get to see him there i suspect if he was in mobile he would have taken snaps at center because they really 
they really needed centers down there after Jackson Powers uh, Johnson left. And, you know, he, he's probably the top rated true center, although you could play him at guard too. And, um, you know, he probably is number nine is too early for him. And if the bears were to get a second round pick, they don't have one currently, right? They're, they're missing a second rounder. That I is believe. correct. So, yes. Yes. Yeah. So if, again, I don't know what, what ends up happening in a fields trade or other deals they make, but, you know, let's say they get, they land a second-round pick at some point. He's not lasting that long. So let's just put him to the side for a minute. I would say Zach Frazier from West Virginia and Graham Barton are probably the two early day two choices who make the most sense. There's a kid of Georgia, Cedric Van Pran, who – you know, to be honest, I liked him a little bit more coming into the season than I did after the season, but it wasn't like he had a terrible year. I just didn't think he was quite as explosive or athletic as I thought he was. So I just, he's another one that I haven't quite fully settled on, but I would be surprised if he got out of day two. I think he'll be somewhere in that late second round to, you know, somewhere in the mid third round range or something like that. Top. Okay. 75, 80 picks, something like that. Okay. Two more questions for you, Eric. Number one is if the Bears have their pick of the litter at number nine for the best defensive player in in college football, which is not inconceivable, who's the guy there? Who's your Who's your top defensive guy right now? You make a great point because right now this is kind of a weaker defensive draft, and we may not we may not have a defensive player in the top ten. Think about that. <laughs> That's I amazing. Mean, I know. I, I can't remember this slanted a draft towards the offensive side uh, as much as it is. So probably I would say Dallas Turner. I mean, if you're yeah. looking for like an edge rusher yeah. to pair with, with my guy, Jet, that's my guy. I mean, look, he's he's got a lot going for him. I mean, I think he's. Quick off the ball, sort of a freakish athlete who I think can play up to about 250-something pounds and more like 245 right now, 250. Um, I think he's an underrated run defender. Like I think he's an all-around player. The thing is, he may be a little bit too – I shouldn't say that. I would say but his strengths are, are very similar to Sweat's strengths, even if they have different body shapes mm. and different – so – you know, they're, they're not necessarily elite pass rushers, but they're very good pass rushers who are also, you know, strong at the point of attack and can string runs outside and funnel things back into the inside and everything. So, I mean, they're, you know, they both set good edges. Um, again, they're not totally comparable as players. I'm just saying if you want kind of that electric speed rusher opposite him, maybe he's not that guy. But, I mean, I would say it's either – Turner or maybe one of the maybe one of the corners that ends up going, you know, defensive player number one in this draft. So, you know, depends on how they how they handle the cornerback position, whether they feel like that's a need position for them at that spot. I don't know. You know, that I would yeah. say no, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, la- last thing for you, Eric. Do you how many teams do you think are gonna make offers for that number one? I mean the number one overall pick because it's like I'm yeah. just going through the team like well, you know Washington will the Patriots yep. will like it I feel like we're gonna we might get into unprecedented territory in terms of offers and the quantity or quality of what the Bears could get in return you feel like we're heading for some sort of crazy whopper mm-hmm. of a potential offer 
I mean, there are enough teams out there that, that might be that might feel desperate. I mean, especially look at Arthur Blank, you know, over the age of 80. And mm. yeah, just had to make a coaching change. He hasn't had a, a ton of them over the years. You know, he's been pretty steady, three, four, five years for each guy, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, I could see them being in the mix. You mentioned Washington. Obviously, Caleb's a, a D.C. kid. They have Cliff Kingsbury on staff. I mean, it's easy to make the connections, especially with a new owner wanting to you know, kind of light a fire under the franchise, if you will. And that back to my May point, let's say the Bears love May. Let's mm-hmm. say Drake May is their guy. Yeah. They keep it keep it quiet. <laughs> Take the trade from Washington. Oh, Boy, you, you get your guy, you double dip, you trade fields. I mean, it, it's not inconceivable. So I think all possibilities are on the table. I don't know that they would take a major move down, but you never know. That would be some blockbuster stuff, man. Wow. And that, that's yep. what the – that's what the talking season about the draft is all about. I appreciate that, Eric. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure we will hear your voice plenty here on the score over the next yeah. several weeks. And I, I assume that I'll see you out at the, the Combine in a couple of weeks. I'll be there. I'll have a beer ready for you, man. Excellent. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> yep, see that, you. That's Eric at home, NFL.com. He's uh, he's done it all, man. Eric Edholm, one of the great NFL writers, and right now focusing on the draft and working for NFL.com. And yeah, not this upcoming week, but the following week, I will be at the combine. We're gonna talk to Ryan Poles. We'll talk to Matt Eberflus and talk to all of those prospects. And are reporting back here on the score when we return. We are going to talk about the Chicago White Sox. Josh Nelson in studio from Sox Machine. So we'll talk to Josh next and find out what he's excited about when we talk about the Chicago White Sox. Josh Nelson is coming up next. I'm Mark Grody in for Bernstein and Holmes on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.